Three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there was that one time. You know, <laughs> oh, geez, Aaron. <sighs> You're the worst. You are the worst. This is jobbing out. What's up? What's up? What's up? Oh, God, What's this up? is a nightmare. What's up? What's up? Jesus Christ. What's up? Three people in three different locations all trying to sing at once. What a nightmare. All right, welcome in. It is episode number 75 of Jobbing Out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun, Rolling Stone, and the competing wrestling podcast that he does. And he is, of course, the main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis of the New York Football Giants. Boys, do either of you know why it is that we're doing episode number seventy-five this week? I think I actually do know. Yeah. AJ, do you? Uh, is that was that Vader's number when he played football? Yes. He played for yes. the LA Rams. That's exactly right. Uh, Leon White, the great big Van Vader, who sadly we have lost this week. Uh, he wore the number seventy-five. Well done to both of you. Well done to both of you for coming up with that one. All right, uh, we will talk about Vader on this week's show. I can't tell you as of right now uh, if, if we're going to have a guest or not. There's a lot of stuff that we, we kind of tried to call an audible today and maybe try to do something Vader-related as far as a guest was, a con- was concerned, but um, we're doing everything very last minute, and obviously it's news that affects everybody in a different way, so um, we will see when it comes to that. It might be that we maybe go back to one of the ideas that we had before. Who knows? You'll be listening to the show. Either there'll be a guest or there won't be. Deal with it. It's not going to be uh, uh, Sky Skylerson. Is, uh, I, I know it's not going to be that. So we've got that going for us. But we do have a lot to talk about after the week that was in Chicago and elsewhere as far as actual wrestling <coughs> is concerned. And so let's begin there, boys. Money in the Bank, NXT TakeOver in the books. Not a ton of surprises. I mean, there are a couple, and they were big surprises. But mostly chalk as the weekend went out. Uh, Aaron, I know that yes. you were very nervous about potential controversy, uh, so you made sure to make clear that how the WWE defined a certain match. So, if you would, give us the results of our picks from the weekend with the three of us and our buddy Steve Miggs. All right, the results. Uh, I actually did the best out of all of us in 15 matches. I got 11 of them right. Nice. Glenn, you got 10. Mm. AJ got 8. Ooh. Miggs got 10. Oh! No. Well, yeah, there, yeah, there was a chance going into those last two matches that things could have gone differently. They did rule that Ronda won, which is why I made that very clear. Because yes. if they had ruled no contest and then Miz had won, uh, it would have changed the results entirely. It would but have. no, Ronda won and then uh, Braun won. Yep. So. And I, was I the only one to pick Braun? You were the only one to wow, pick Braun. about that? Um, all right, so there you go. That means the AJ. It's it's actually a double loss for AJ because not only does he have to make the twerking video, but Aaron, I don't even know if you went back and listened. 
AJ and I actually changed the song that we would have had to have twerked to to one of his own yeah. songs. Yes. So he would have gotten double play out of this. He would have been able to enjoy laughing at us twerking and would have gotten promotion for one of his songs. He loses out on all of that because uh, we have a new agreement. It, it's Everything we do is now based on race. Uh, when yep. we do something like this, uh, now AJ has to dance to something or twerk to something very white. So he's going to twerk to Money Talks by ACDC. For the video that he asked. Do you think he'll be the first person who ever twerks to that song? That song (laughs) Well, it's a great, 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 great song. There's definitely wider songs. And I get the I get the money connection. Okay, I'll give you here, I'll give you I'll give you an out if you'd like. You could instead you can either twerk to Money Talks by A C D C or Take Me Home Tonight by Eddie Money. Those are your choices. Oh, I like the second one much better. Okay, all right. I will give you that. (laughs) I will give you that. It's still super white. It's yes. still incredibly white. Very, very white, which is what we're going for. You can twerk to Take Me Home Tonight by Eddie Money instead because it still fits the money theme. Still okay. going to be really awkward to twerk to, though. Yes. I don't think there will be an easy rhythm for which you to find to make your booty clap to that, sir. Yeah, I mean, I'll find it. And, 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 I, and I what an ample booty it is. Laying around that'll help me get the rhythm down. <laughs> uh, by the way, this is a new thing. If you're ever uh, a buddy of mine and I. We we talk AJ. You of course know, and Aaron, you know this as well. But AJ, uh, for for more uh, direct reasons, uh, one of the things that uh, scouts are, are most looking for, say at the NFL Combine, is the size of a lineman's ass. It's just yep. one of the more significant things that they're looking for is how big your ass is. So um, when I'm having some of my more massage, if you ever see me like say walking through an airport with a buddy of mine, and I say, I think that girl up there would be a pretty good football player. <laughs> there we you go. Know what it is that I'm doing. You ah, I get it. No, I get the bit. Yeah, you get the bit. You'll know what it is that I'm doing at that point. All right, uh, let's react to everything that occurred. What we'll do in the first segment is we'll react to anything related to Raw and SmackDown and Money in the Bank, and then in segment number two we'll uh, talk more about NXT as well as we'll uh, uh, give some time in segment number two for us to reflect on uh, the passing of Big Van Vader. Um, I think the, you know, I, I guess the easiest thing to say is the biggest storyline that comes out of it. I, I think to me there are, th- there are four major storylines from the weekend. Uh, to me, Braun is one of them. The other is that we do get the end of Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles. And then I think the two women's storylines are also very significant. And I think you can argue that the biggest storyline from the weekend is holy shit, we're at a real place with Ronda Rousey where everything they said about her being the star of stars might completely come true, and we might need to have a conversation about at what point. I don't think it's any longer a question of if they'll eventually let her fight dudes. I think it's more a question of when they let her fight dudes because I don't think we are – I don't think this is more than a year down the road from when we start exploring that point. Well, what's crazy is that, like – I was going to say this and you brought it up. It's funny to me. It's like, why is Ronda Rousey the thing that WWE gets right? (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. Like like all the things that have ever been like locks. Yeah. And we're like guaranteed this is going to work and didn't work. And then Ronda Rousey comes in and we're like, they're definitely going to fuck this up. (laughs) And it's perfect. Yeah. They couldn't, they literally have me after two matches saying, 
man, I hope she wins the title at SummerSlam. And, and let's be clear. I think you, about that. You were, yeah. of anyone, you were the most apprehensive about Ronda Rousey. I was. Yes. 100% was. Right. And and by the way, and that's not normally, AJ's not normally uh, you know, apprehensive about anything related to the WWE. He's normally all on board with everything. But AJ was by far the most apprehensive Ronda Rousey, and you're completely on board. I'm all all aboard. You're all in as if you were going to Chicago in a, in a couple of months. <laughs> Correct. Um, uh, yeah, Aaron, I, I'm telling you, man, like, come in, I hope that, I hope that after the interaction, I hope that it's not, we're painting Ronda versus Kurt at SummerSlam, right? Like, I hope that's no, not no, it. No, 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 no. But, I think that they're going Ronda Alexa at SummerSlam. Yeah, I think, I, so I think, and I think she's going to carry the belt through Mania, and I don't think you're going to see a lot of yeah, lose it there, and then after that run, that's when you start getting into the uh, the facing the men. So you know, it's funny you say that because I would argue at this point that based on what they did, they could very credibly paint towards Ronda versus Kurt at WrestleMania next year. That that I'm I'm in. They could. I'm really. If they wanted to. That's that's a main event match that is bigger than anything in New York. Ronda Rousey versus Kurt Angle. It is. But here's the thing, though. You're right. But that's big because it's a gimmick match. Nothing wrong with that. But it's you say it's a gimmick match. But how how is it not anything but total? This is not. No, no, no. But my great. point is, my point being, like, I don't think Ronda Kurt, even though it's a mixed gender match, is a bigger match than champion reigning uh, Ronda Rousey, who's dominated everybody for like nine months at that point uh, yeah. faces Charlotte at WrestleMania. I don't think that's a big, I think that could be the main event of WrestleMania. Just even, even just to just, Rhonda, you're saying Rhonda Charlotte alone would be for the, uh, for top, the women's title. I think could billing. be the main. I'm, I'm with AJ of here. Okay. And I'm yeah. not saying that it can't by no means would I suggest that it couldn't be. I don't know though. I feel like that, I guess maybe I'm bringing it up with Kurt because I think there's a time limit with Kurt, right? Like I think, but my thing is the, Whenever you have a long title run, you always have at least one month or two months of a storyline where you're not actually defending the title. And I think Kurt versus Ronda at Survivor Series. Right. Or the Royal Rumble, since she's not going to be in the match anyway. I think those make more sense because they're bigger. Don't get me wrong. Not saying that Kurt Angle versus Ronda Rousey could not be at WrestleMania. It absolutely could. Right. But but I think that at, as of right now, if you give me anything other than Ronda Charlotte, at, unless there's injuries somewhere at WrestleMania next year for the women's title, I'm against it. Yeah, I, I think the other thing is that you can position it. You know, the WWE would want to position it this way. You know, this is the culmination of the women's revolution here. Yeah, this is. is, you know, if you put Ronda, especially if she has a title, obviously probably she wouldn't have the title at that point. But in a gimmick match, that kind of says, okay, this is more of a sideshow thing. See, this if is, you can I, say, I, no, I, this I is really, about Ronda. This is about the women's title. This is about the women's division. Main eventing WrestleMania. I, I don't see how they turn that down. But, okay. I want to know. I'm really uncomfortable with you saying gimmick match. I'm really uncomfortable with that. That to me is the greatness right. I, of that's this. That's why I didn't want to say that because it's not a gimmick match. Right. You're it's right. Not, it's a very credible. It's a real match. Right. It's just to me not better match than Ronda Sharp. And that, I have no problem with that part of it. I have the, What I'm saying is, dude, I'm so in. And again, as AJ points out, after two matches. Two I'm, matches. I'm so yeah. in. Which is crazy. 
that I don't think Ronda should have anything to do with the women's division within a year. I think Ronda should be what they envisioned for China, right? Like that she is she's the she bridges the gap. Now she's, yeah, but my thing is though, I think she has to thoroughly dominate the women's division. And, first. and I certainly understand that. Like I'm good for you know have her mow through the women's division over the course of a year. But I'm saying once you do it, I, this isn't to me a one-time thing. This isn't a oh we created a storyline that could work. To me, what I've seen from Ronda Rousey is, my God, she's a powerhouse. Dude, and- the best way to do this is to have her beat Alexa for the belt at SummerSlam. Have Alexa have her rematch then at the next pay-per-view. And then every single pay-per-view after that, you have her defend against someone else on the women's roster. Just, can't, just and you, roll through. And then you and you and ending up with like Bailey Bailey being at the Royal Rumble, Sasha being at uh, Fastlane. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I hear yeah. you. I, I I hear you. It's 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 very that's a very credible way to go about doing it. Um, and it would it would allow you for what I'm trying to paint, which is. You know, you, you get through. She has nothing left, right? Like she's run through the entire women's division. What is what is there left to do at this point? But then to move on at that from there and say, hey, I, I want to take on dudes. That's the way yeah. that I want to go. Um, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with that. Um, the timeline still works. I guess at that point, I would prefer that maybe you try to hold out if you're going to do Ronda Kurt. Although I don't think you can. You drag I, I, I don't it out. think you need to do Ronda Kurt. I mean, Ronda Kurt would be great because obviously, you know, they both. You can play on the, the amateur they, background. They you can play on everything. Team partners. But were, honestly, I don't know how it works. As who's? I guess you turn uh, Ronda heel in that case. Oh, I would think Is that, that you would, what you're doing. No, Kurt's an authority figure. You would turn him. You would have him. You're not going to get Kurt Angle heel. Oh, I think you could do that easily. He's dealing with a whole thing with the Stephanie McMahon right now, and he wants to protect his job, and so he's going to do what he has to do in order to protect his job. Um, oh, I guess I could. You know, like here. you could easily get Kurt back to being heel by aligning him with Stephanie McMahon, which is a very logical thing to do given all of the circumstances. I don't think that would take that much at all in order to make it happen. Um, and in fact, I think in that, if you're going to do a a male versus female match, I don't think you try to make the female the heel in that. I think that that would be a mistake in the first time that you're doing that at that level. But I, I'm 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 in agreement with what you're saying, Aaron, that you don't have to. It's just yeah. to me, it's so absurdly logical. And so easy to do that now at this point I'm actually not I'll be unhappy if we don't get it. It's so they have tied her to Kurt Angle from the moment that she showed up in the WWE. Yo, right. that little that little twist arm judo throw she has is fucking sick. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it's great. She's so it, it's unbel- it's and she does the little things so well. The way she was like clawing at Naya when she was in the bear hug. The way like she makes every little movement feel real like everything she does is great that's the thing that makes me go holy crap she understands wrestling more than like 90 percent of the actual wrestling yes it's just unbelievable yes the 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 things that she does within the match and that was what was so great about this and give naya credit too by the way and i yes i don't naya deserves absolutely naya by the way that was one of the better matches of the night Oh, yes. absolutely it no was. No question. Absolutely it was. And I would think, I had a couple people point this out to me. As much as everybody's saying, hey, just go to, to, to Ronda, Alexa, I think that a triple threat, there is still a, hey, you know, Nia, uh, Ronda didn't get to beat Nia, right? And probably thinks that she should. There might be some unfinished business there. And to put all three of them in the match at SummerSlam actually kind of works for me a little bit more. Yeah, I would, I would like that too. To, to me, I, I, I have no problem with that. Just in general, I like this, especially when it's the coronation of someone. I like that being in a one-on-one match. But I, yes, I mean, I, obviously, I hear it's you perfectly and all, logical. But like, 
At this point, it's almost difficult to sell that Alexa Bliss can in any way compete with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like (laughs) at this point, that's a really difficult sell for me. Whereas if you throw in the wild card of there's also Nia Jax involved, obviously they all have. They used to be friends, right? (laughs) That all works for me, and you could have a credible scenario where you could believe that Alexa could win because Nia and Ronda end up getting tied up together and beat the crap out of each other, and Alexa does what Alexa does. She goes and sneaks out of the, the ring for a little while, lets them beat the crap out of each other, and then she's there to, to, you know, to, to, to pick up the, what the leftovers. So I, I, to me, I like that better than I just like one-on-one Ronda versus Alexa at SummerSlam. I would prefer for it to be a triple threat, and I think it works that way. But I, the point of all of this is this to me, I can't, I'm going to say this, this right now, is better than Brock. <laughs> like It is. And not I, even a question. I'm not even saying Brock right now. I'm saying better than Brock when he returned. This is, oh my God, I can't get enough of this. Oh my God, I um, I, I would only it. disagree with the, the year run after he broke Taker's streak. But yeah, other than that, I would agree. I mean, I hear you, but there was no... This... I mean, there was. we talk about it. There is, has not been an, uh, and still hasn't been any wrestler that has been that nuclear since fucking Sergeant Slaughter. That's fair. And that's and look, yeah. and, and as I, I pointed out, dude, I went to a house show and 5,000 more people showed up because Brock Lesnar was there, right? Like, And that was even this year. All that being said, I, I, all right, I'm going to leave the Ronda conversation at this point. All right, I'm going to ask cool. you both a question. Is there a way in which you believe that in the next five years, Ronda Rousey could be WWE champion? Mm, no. Okay. I, 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 think, I, I, think, I think Ronda Rousey will be the universal champion. Okay, but that, I, okay, that, that to me, that, that works either way. Whatever it is. A, a top, to me, yeah. I, I mean a heavyweight champion. Is there I don't a think a woman will ever be WWE World Heavyweight Champion with the lineage you mean of the that linear, belt. Right. Okay. But I think that a woman could easily be the Universal Champion. Okay. And I think that the Universal Champion is the Universal Championship because it's on Raw. You can argue is more significant, right? Not even just that. You can argue that it's like that's what that belt is for. That's why the champion of that belt has defended it four times in a year because it's not really. It's not really like if it's on the show, great. But realistically speaking, it's there for like bigger purposes. Okay, that's an interesting way of, of presenting that, Aaron. Like th- th- that's why yeah. I think that they that I, that's why I think one of the most underappreciated things WWE has done since the brand split is by giving the Universal Championship to Raw. You keep the history and lineage of the the WWE title on SmackDown which is putting great match after great match, great champion after great champion, um, including Jinder Mahal, which didn't ruin the WWE. And <laughs> Well, who would have ever suggested such a thing? That would be stupid. While simultaneously having another heavyweight championship belt that you can make huge when it's around, but it don't really got to be there. It's interesting. It's an interesting way of looking at it. I, but I, the WWE recognizes either one. as a, like If you, you carry yeah. either belt, you were you a world, world, champion. world yeah, champion. Yeah, I agree. I was just picking that little... I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Aaron? I'm going to say I'm going to say no just because I don't think the the gender identity roles are going to switch that much in the next five years. I think that they're going to be willing to put Rhonda in 
in some some intergender matches. I think that I don't Ronda think might be intercontinental champion. I right, which we've seen I mean, before. We've China was intercontinental champion. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't think they will view it that differently. Now, if you tell me that someone ten years from now, like I, I just I just don't see that switch happening, barring, you know, if Vince steps down and Triple H takes over a lot quicker than we expect to, maybe then that happens. So even Triple H has never really seemed inclined uh with the to go through with you know massive amount of intergender matches. I, I just don't see it changing but enough never to make had Ronda, Ronda world champion. Rousey I just before. don't. I, I, I know, I, I know, I know. It would, it would. It's a special, and that's why I even hesitate on it. If it was anyone else, I'd say hell no. Well, of course. With Ronda, right. it's a special circumstance. But I'm not, I'm not just, asking this question for Charlotte Flair. I'm only asking this question related to Ronda Rousey. Right? And no, also, I know, I know. And also and, in part because of how good she's looked. Again, I, this would be insane if I would have asked this four months ago. But right. today, I not only do I not think it's insane. There's a part of me that thinks it's nuts that they wouldn't attempt to paint a picture for how they could do it. That that they wouldn't start just throwing it around in meetings as what would it take for us to get there and sort of you know talking to Rhonda about are are you truly is this a, is this a five-year plan for you or is this a two-year plan for you and then maybe you're gonna have that itch like Brock Lesnar did um like I would start thinking about those things right now because I do think that's part of it I think if Rhonda's here for two years to have fun, make money, and then she's going to kind of get bored again, then then I don't think that that's realistic at all. But if this truly is her life, if this is what she's envisioning herself doing forever, I would start to think about ways by which you could go about making it credible. I would start thinking about it because I think it's a massive moment that you could create and make into being a defining moment in pro wrestling history if you have a plan for how, when, where, all of those things. So that would be my thought process. Yeah, I, I think you at least, you know, especially like, you know, when you start doing the intergender matches, you put it out there. You see how it's being received. You kind of have this plan at least to the side that you can quickly put in. I just don't see them pulling the trigger. Well, I, but I do think it's important that when you do it, you're not I, – I, I'm not doing this where I'm throwing Ronda Rousey out there against Kurt Hawkins and saying, well, here's how we're – you know, I mean – this is how we're going to start bridging. The, no, I think that you have to introduce her immediately as credible. And and who that that's to me why Kurt Angle makes so much sense is because you can say, look, he's older. You know what I mean? Like you, you, we can go that route, but yet it's still Kurt Angle and it means something to yes, have a match the Billie like Jean that. King. The Bobby Riggs thing. Exactly right. Yeah. That, yes. Billie Jean King's beat Bobby Riggs. But the part that doesn't get told as much is that Bobby Riggs was well beyond. It was first of all, he was never really. He was a hundred. Right. Yes. And Correct. he wasn't that good. Right. Correct. Um, but I still wouldn't do it with Kurt Hawkins, right? Like right. I still no, would he, not. That to me cheapens it. That does make it a gimmick is if you do it with Kurt Hawkins. It's not a gimmick if you say credibly we believe that she should be able to compete with a 50-year-old, even a, a quality great opponent, that she should be able to compete with a 50-year-old. Um, you know, and, and we start there and go from there and see where it goes. That would be the thought that I would have. Obviously, yes. I think we're still a ways away from it, but I thought this was a very eye-opening weekend for where I envisioned this ending up going. Um, I, I think that was big. Uh, as far as the other big things that happened, let's just stay on the women's side. Um, I thought Alexis cash-in was great. I think it's something that you should do every now and then to remind people that you can cash-in the moment that you get the briefcase. Uh, a brief, briefcase. Obviously, the bummer is that means that she's not carrying the briefcase around for a little while, and that's good for TV and good for events, but I had no beef with it whatsoever. 
I mean, my only problem with it is that if we're thinking that Braun is just going to cash in the briefcase to get into the SummerSlam match, then we basically we don't have the briefcase this year, either briefcase. So pairing those two things together is a bit of a bummer. Yeah, but my, I, I think that makes it. I think that you have to do that every once in a while. Yeah, I think that the remind of, of what all of the options are for the brief. Not, not even just the options part, just because like, so the next year when there is, you know, two long pe- uh, tenures of people carrying it, people aren't just like itching for one of them to cash in. I, I agree with what AJ's saying, which is you don't, you can't just always do it the same way all the time. Um, it it, it kind of cheapens it a little bit when you all when you do it the exact same way all the time. What kind of what kind of weed are you smoking right now, AJ? Seriously, <laughs> what'd you say? I said, what kind of weed are you smoking right now? I'm not. I'm, I'm drinking coconut water. <laughs> Just I really am. This I'm not actually. Pot. Let me make this, this very clear. Top. I'm not actually suggesting that AJ was smoking weed. It was a joke because that sounded like a bong rip. That was a I joke. W- I wish it was a bong rip, but no. <laughs> it's, sadly, it's Vita Coco pineapple flavored coconut oil. Well, that's one of my favorites, for the record. That's one of my absolute favorites. <laughs> um. No, look, I, I, that, I'm with AJ. I think you just need to do it in different ways, and I think this is a different way of doing it. I think that the proposed way, and we don't, st- we still don't know that's how Braun's going to do it. Um, but I really, but my thing is this: this has always been my problem with Braun Strowman winning the the Money in the Bank contract. How does Braun Strowman not cash it in the first night that Brock Lesnar's there? Right. Because I, I think that Braun. If you're Braun Strowman, right. How do you not cash in the first time you see Brock Lesnar? Well, I mean, I hear the argument that you just you're so much more dominant than everybody, so I just I just won it immediately. Um, but I think it's very credible to say I that's I think the SummerSlam thing makes the most sense because it's his way of saying. I'm, now he could he could definitely show up the first time Brock Lesnar's back and say I'm cashing this in to see you at SummerSlam. Right, that's what I think he's yeah. gonna do. That's that's been that's why but, I picked him. My, but your but your pigeonholed into that because if. At the moment that Brock Lesnar doesn't do that, immediately cash in seeing Brock Lesnar, or immediately say I'm going to cash in at SummerSlam, it's like, it's like weird. It like ruins kind of his character and how he's been portrayed. Oh, I agree. Right? Yeah. Get these hands. Yeah. I get it. I, I I just I expect him to do it. I look. If they don't do it that way, then I'll reserve the right to react. The other weird thing about Braun is that they have sort of shown that he doesn't really all care all that much about belts. I mean, like he won belts and then just gave them away the next day. Like, he didn't even bother to get a real partner to win a belt, right? Like, what makes Braun tick is not the same as what makes everyone else tick. They've done the work to say that, so they could credibly sell that he is not as concerned about immediately getting the belt as other people would be. That's not not different than the character that they've portrayed from Braun Strowman to this point. Of course, they then came out and had him say on Monday, pretty much, yeah, I'm cashing it in quickly. I want that title shot. So, well, well I, I think again, they, they could have done that. Right. And, and he did He did seem to really want – it wasn't just about wrecking people. He wanted the briefcase, the way they built it up over the past few weeks. You're right. A few, we- uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, you could have done it. But now it does seem like he has his sights set okay, on but the title. I, I expect that he's going to cash it in pretty quickly. I, don't, I mean, I don't – again, I would be stunned – at this, now that we've gotten to this point, and given what they've done to set up a, uh, a main event for the next pay-per-view, I would be stunned now if it wasn't a triple threat match at SummerSlam. I'd be stunned if that doesn't end up panning out, and I don't get that point from our SummerSlam picks. I mean, what if we if we don't if we get the if we get that triple threat match? What is that would be the perfect perfect opportunity to join Roman with the Authors of Pain. 
Uh, it'd be a really good place to do it. You're right. It'd be a really yes. good place to do it. Absolutely. You have you have you have Braun finally about to win. Right. And Roman's on the outside, and he's about to pin Brock Lesnar. And then you have the Authors of Pain interrupt, and it doesn't matter because it's a triple threat match. Right. And they beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar, and then they beat the shit out of uh, Braun Strowman. And then it looks like they're going to beat the shit out of Roman after that, and then they help Roman up, and Roman comes in and wins the match. Oh, my God. Yep. Yes. That'd be great. That would be tremendous. <laughs> yes. Nobody's arguing with that at all. Nobody's arguing. That would be tremendous. It would be wonderful. Um, and it would be the one way that you could go about doing something besides just having Braun Strowman win because, my God, how could you? And that's what I said going into Money in the Bank. How in the world do you create a scenario where Braun Strowman loses? Like, you just. When was the last time Braun Strowman lost? Uh, to Brock, was, I think. Uh, one on one yeah. match. Yeah, that would Brock. be. Yeah, yeah you go Brock. all the way back. What was that, September of last year? Nah, I yeah. think that was. Uh, uh, it was, it, it was, yeah, it was October. I thought it was the pay per view yeah, right like, after SummerSlam, and that's why we were all like, are they really doing this now? Yeah. Um. Yeah. To me, that's I, that would be great. I would. I'd be all in for that. But I would. I, at this point, I just don't think there's anything you can do now besides the triple threat match at SummerSlam, which is a good thing because my God, that's an amazing triple threat match for the title at SummerSlam. That's amazing, unbelievable. That's perfection, and it has a little bit of everything. I'm all in for that, and I. I I'm thrilled that it looks like they're getting that right. I mean, I'm thrilled about that. Um. I'm on the flip side of that argument is how I feel about what they've done to Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I I will say this: it does kind of suck that they that they didn't give Shinsuke the belt. But I mean, it was his first attempt at the belt. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, his first like, like well, I guess it was his second. Yes, attempt. it was. He's over six in title matches it's now. It's insane. It's insane what they've done to Shinsuke Nakamura. It's insane that they have now made him Jim Kelly. Like they have made him <laughs> the yeah, guy damn. that can't win the big one. I can't believe that they did this to Shinsuke Nakamura. It's but the thing, but the thing is, it looks like they have an immediate plan to recover and, and, it, and that's fine. Like it's it's, I, and it's something that we all need anyway because no one's known why Jeff Hardy had the belt anyway. Yeah, I, look, I'm fine yeah. with what they're doing coming out of it. I'm not fine with how they treated Shinsuke Nakamura. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it is not okay that this dude who reeks of stardom has been given o four six. You, you couldn't have given him that token one-month run before losing the last man standing anything, match? Anything. Anything. Give him anything but this. Th this is what we got out of dick kicking? This is, you know what? This is video games fault. I mean, is this it? This is. How so? Yeah, because AJ Styles is on, oh, the, on cover the cover of the video game, so they have to have him. Okay, yeah, but yeah, to, to Aaron's, they couldn't have let, you couldn't have let Nakamura win the match in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. You know, like have it for a minute and yeah, then give it back to AJ Styles. Come on, dude. This, this is bad. This is and they have to. Uh, you're right. They have to immediately get his heat back by having him beat Jeff Hardy. I mean, they've got to do everything they can with Nakamura. But could, this could, is, do you imagine if he if he doesn't win the oh match at uh, Extreme Rules? Th this is let's just tell the truth. This is worse than Jinder Mahal. <laughs> like they have more respect for Jinder Mahal than they have for Shinsuke Nakamura. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Jinder Mahal because unlike other people, I actually think Jinder Mahal is credible. And I think that Jinder Mahal offered a, a great deal in his run. But to show Jinder Mahal more respect than Shinsuke Nakamura, what the fuck is going on around here? Yeah. What the it's, fuck? It's, uh, yeah. Look, not good. I mean, I'm, I'm befuddled. By what they've done to him. And yes, it's like, I get it. It was a great match this time, at least. I know that it still ended with a goddamn dick kick. Fucking A, how they've turned this thing into dick kicks. 
But it was at least a really good match up until that point. Um, but still, the, the, he he needed. I'm so I'm so flabbergasted by this dude. I'm so flabbergasted by what they've done to Shinsuke Nakamura. They, Kim, my, my favorite thing about uh, the entire <laughs> the entire ending of the match, not even the dick kick part, is the fact that if you really like, like I know it's kayfabe, so it doesn't matter. But if even in kayfabe. Why should AJ Styles be able to get up before ten and not Shinsuke? Last man standing. AJ always been. AJ literally took the bump. No like, doubt. That yeah. was, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I, I'm sorry. And and the phenomenal forearm shouldn't have been that much more devastating to the outside than it is in the ring. Like, uh, not even just not even just that. I could see that it is because he's falling from further. But let's just say throw that out of the way. How about the fact that Shinsuke literally his fall is immediately broken by the table, which then breaks, and it you know, but his speed down is slowered in the process. It, it, you know, it's silly. Yeah, it is what it's wrestling. That's, it's wrestling. That is one of those. I was sitting there like, well, I mean, that was a fantastic spot. It looked amazing. <laughs> oh, by the way, listen to AJ sounding like a wrestling fan right now, right? Like AJ, yeah. AJ, what's going on here? This is normally where you're supposed to yell at us when we say things like this. No, I'm. My point being, like, you, the difference between me and you is that I say these things, but you guys will find something like this and say that it ruined the whole show. I, I didn't I didn't even complain about it. I complained about the fact that they fucked over Shinsuke Nakamura. That's what I meant about. That they said, boy, this guy is a superstar that everyone loves. What can we do to ruin the shit out of this? Hey, remember when we were going to give uh, – uh, remember when we had both the Japanese stars win Royal Rumble? Well, here's what we're going to do from there. We're going to make that completely fucking irrelevant over the course of the speaking of Speaking of which, how great – has Carmella been as right. the champion? Yes, she's been wonderful. Car- Carmella is yes. so good at being Carmella. And like, and and I say that as a compliment, like a complete and utter compliment. She's the perfect character in that role, and she's doing it absolutely perfectly. You can't ask for anything more. From and you know, and now with James Ellsworth, yeah. you know that this this is going to get stretched out till SummerSlam. We, I think that it's that's when Asuka is going to win. Unlike Shinsuke, I think Asuka is going to win the belt at SummerSlam. You know what? Um, I, I want to say something else about Ellsworth too. Um, he had every opportunity to shit all over the WWE if he wanted to, like a lot of guys have. But he knew. Like he said, "Look, man, I I think there's something there for me. I I I think that the crowds were into it. I think it worked. I don't know why it happened, but." I'm not going to go that route, and I'm going to make sure that my phone is nearby. because, and, and this is where he's a little bit different than some other guys. James knows there's a limit for, you know, for what he can do. And so, to his credit, his plan played out perfectly. Everything that he imagined was possible was possible. He's going to go make more money doing this for a little while. And you know, this won't be a long-term thing. This is not going to last three, four years. But it's going to allow him that opportunity, and it's going to make him even more valuable again once it's over. So I want to give Ellsworth credit. He did thousands of interviews, including, you know, he did 30 minutes with us. And it would have been easy for him to sit back and say, you know, they were stupid, they, you know, go fuck. But he knew. He knew what the reality was for him, and he handled it perfectly. And went out and did all the indie stuff, and did really relevant indie stuff. Did stuff. Oh yeah, fucking a. He, he re- and I love. Hold on. And I said this before, but I love the dynamic of a girl who's like a badass, right? With a dude who's a pushover. But like, we never seen it like that. Like she's like, 
she like like literally on Tuesday, she grabbed him by the back of his hoodie, picked him up off the ground, and like launched him towards the rope, basically saying, "Get the hell out of the ring." Yep. 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 Like, that's such a cool dynamic that we never get to see in wrestling. It's great. I mean, it's it's great. It's it's tremendous. I don't I don't know why they ever thought they needed to break it up. I, I have no idea. I'll never be able to figure out what they thought uh, was the reasoning for that. But. Um, you know, it, it, it works perfectly and uh, and good for James Ellsworth, who's always been good to us, so we'll be happy for him. Um, the big cast thing, obviously, is the other thing that we have to discuss. Well, there's one other thing besides big cast, storyline-wise. Uh, the IC title changing hands. Oh, yeah, yeah that that's was a good point. Right, that was definitely stunning. There's no doubt about that. It was, it was stunning. I'm so happy for Ziggler, too. Well, I mean, Dolph Ziggler's great. It's just that when you've built up Seth Rollins as sort of being the star of the show... For the last few months, there was no way to see that coming. I love well, I mean, it. there was a way to see that coming. I told you guys he's going to be in. Like, you guys are sure it's going to be a triple threat. Or, I'm telling you, I picked Seth Rollins for a reason. I can see the writing on the wall. It has been Monday Night Rollins. I think he's going to get rewarded for that. I thought that they would put the belt on Elias, and that would be an easy way to get him out of the Intercontinental title picture. Right. But instead, they decided to go with a surprise Dolph Ziggler that I'm assuming is going to lead to uh, Drew McIntyre saying that it should be his title. And that's yeah. how they, you know, uh, that's how I'm assuming that's going to work out. But I, I think I think it's great all in all strictly because now Seth Rollins, who literally has carried the show and has been the best wrestler on TV, uh, he's going to get an opportunity to earn off of that. Well, I yeah. like I like that a lot if we you go with your direction, which is have the triple threat match anyway, have Roman win but in very heel fashion, and then have Seth be the hero waiting for him after that. Like I, I love that. I love yeah. that that presentation if that's the way that they're going. And I think it's it's the most logical saying that you're elevating him into that title picture is, you know, as far as what we're reading, as far as the tea leaves, it's the most logical thing right now. I think the shocking thing is that it is Dolph who won it and not Elias. I agree with you. If they were doing this, I would have thought it would be Elias both because he had the feud and because they had been positioning Drew and Dolph into the tag division. Like, they hadn't done any much you, single you stuff. They, did one, they didn't really they talk did about single thing. stuff. It was... They it's surprising. Want... I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's one of the reasons it was so shocking. I think you're trying to sell a previous take that you had. Um... But, no, no I'm just I'm saying it was thing. shocking because of that. I don't think it was sh- I don't think again, this is Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre that you're talking about. That would be like saying it's shocking that. if Sheamus wanted to be involved in some sort of championship picture. Come on, dude. Like, you know. Well, no. if, yes, if you told me that Sheamus was going to win the US title next week, I'd say yeah, that's pretty fucking shocking because no, he's not. been it's doing nothing Sheamus. but dad play for a while. But he's still Sheamus. He didn't suddenly not be Sheamus. No, Hardy- but, but I'm shocking because of the presentation, not because of that Dolph doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying, like, I was genuinely surprised because of it seemed like they were pushing them towards the tag yeah, division, I, I and then all of a sudden they're doing I actually this. agree with Aaron on this. I, 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 they pushed them in the tag division by having them in one gauntlet match. Like, they were a tag team in a in a, in a a name capacity. But, like, like the promo last week, they were cutting on the tag division. Yeah, they, yeah. they also said the rest of the locker room, yes. but they specifically called out the B team. They called out these members of the tag division, and then they went this direction. So, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by it. I'm not, I'm not remotely surprised by it at all because of the two people that are involved with this. This is Dolph yeah. Ziggler and Drew McIntyre that we're talking see, about. See, I'm, I think you guys are arguing different things. Like, Aaron's saying he's he's – He's surprised by it because he just assumed that Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre were going to be in the tag division. And you're saying you're surprised by it because uh, 
you you're not surprised by it because right. Dolph Ziggler deserves it. But well, no, no, it's more things. than just. It's also his character. His character is I don't give a fuck about any of you. Like that, that, that. Both of these people's characters are not. We have to be completely reliant upon each other and there True. for each other at all times. Their yeah. characters are. We don't give True. a fuck about other people. That's who they are. So no, I, there's nothing stunning about the notion that suddenly one of them would say, "I really want to be Intercontinental Champion." That, that I, I can't be surprised by that based on either their cachet as wrestlers. If I told you last characters. week that. Dolph Ziggler was going to win the IC title. Would you have been surprised? Last week, yes, because I didn't. Well, that's what I'm saying. But to me, it's there's a difference between I'm surprised they didn't go with Elias versus I'm shocked that they had someone that was in the tag division suddenly become this guy. I'm not sh- again. It'd be different if it was Dash Wilder. I'd be stunned if Dash won the fucking Intercontinental title. But as soon as Dolph Ziggler's in a match, yeah, Dolph Ziggler is in every way that makes sense. It was just surprising that they didn't do it with Elias. That part yeah. I'm on board with. If you were going to drive, I, I actually think I think it's I think it's definitely surprising they didn't do it with Elias, but I think it's really surprising that once they decided to do this, that they didn't do it with Drew. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I got no problem with that either. That that would be, it would get him more heat, and you would think they. I would I would thought like that would be an easier way for this to be written. Have Drew be the champion and then realize, oh, I don't need Dolph around to blah, 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 as opposed to Dolph be the champion. And then Dolph's going to be the baby face after Drew. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to, I don't know if that's going to be how it plays out. If they split, I don't know that they have to make Dolph the baby face in that process. I think they could still, it could be that, that Dolph, that that McIntyre still thinks they're looking out for each other. And then Dolph says, no, go F yourself. I care about me in this belt. I don't care about you. And that could be the way that you go about having McIntyre become the face in the process, which he True. was at the tail end of his NXT run. He was a face. Um, so that that wouldn't surprise me at all if they tried I to go see that, that around here. But speaking of these gentlemen, I have a question to ask you. Yes. Who had the best match on <laughs> Raw this week? By the way, I'm now, gonna, I will say this. I wanna, there I, were three. Yeah, hang on a second. Brian Powell attempted to do this. Like He went back and saw who had matches every week. Uh-huh. I just don't really understand the numbers that he sent me. So I got to get more clarity. Like, he sent me ju- – I, 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 here's what I have. Seth Rollins, for example, has had – have there been 27 Raws already this year? That number seems off as well. No, no 20, I mean – This is the 24th. It's the 24th? Yeah, so I don't well, – see- He might – they might have uh, – Rollins, he might have broken up, like, the gauntlet match and counted them as multiple matches, possibly. Yeah. Well, but no, he's got everybody out of 27. So like oh, he's everybody, got, um, yeah. Well, everybody that's been on yeah. Raw all year long, and that's what I'm confused by. And I should have had dresses with Brian, but like, so Kevin Owens came to Raw halfway through the year. Kevin Owens has had matches on ten of twelve Raws. He's got. He's got Seth Rollins with seventeen of twenty-seven. He's got Roman Reigns fifteen of twenty-seven. He's got Finn Balor twenty-three of twenty-seven. He's got Braun Strowman twenty-one. Yeah, of I mean, I've been doing this every week. There's only twenty-four. Yeah, so I got to get that. I got to get that straightened out somehow because we're attempting to come up with percentages as well in order to make this right. a more defined system for you, AJ. Well, I don't. I don't need all that. Uh, just <laughs> so you know, listen, okay. Mr. Mr. Sabermetrics, AJ here. Yeah. You can do that if you want, but. Uh, the three matches this week that I think are up for contention are Dolphin Seth Rollins in that Intercontinental title match. That was incredible. Yeah, it was good. Roman and Bobby Lashley versus The Revival. Another great match. And, of course, the main event tag team match with Finn Balor and Braun Strowman um, versus Kevin Owens and... Who's his partner? Uh, it was Kevin Owens and... Um, 
Oh my God, Aaron Corbin. Thank you, Constable, Constable Corbin. Corbin, which did Constable involve Corbin. the wonderful scene. Of, oh my God, I, I cannot believe how much I have changed my mind about Baron Corbin in just the span I was of three say, weeks. You were the, you were so out. On I Corbin hated in Baron way. Corbin, and in three weeks, they've totally made him a thing. They've totally made Baron Corbin worthwhile. Just put it, put him in a suit and shave his head, and that's oh all you needed. Oh my God, it's perfect. And then to have him wrestle in the suit. Oh yes. my God, it's amazing. I'm so in on Constable Corbin. Um, I would lean towards Seth Ziggler of the three. That would be that would yeah. be where my vote would go. Yes, mine as well. And mine as well. Okay. All right, then there you go. It's a clean sweep. Dolph. So that before would be we talk about cast, do we just want to say one uh, quick thing about Russo? No, hang on. Let let AJ update the totals. He wants. Oh, to sorry, my yeah. bad. It's okay. I let it slide this time. Yeah. Um. So Dolph Ziggler has his first appearance. On the and he has one full point because he was in a one-on-one match. Right. Seth Seth Rollins earns another full point. And uh, boo boo. All right. So after 24 weeks on Monday Night Raw, yeah. After 24 weeks on Monday Night Raw, uh, Roman Reigns' record is eight, fifteen, and one against the entire WWE. However, the top three current standings in our Monday Night Raw wins uh, match of the week list, you got Seth Rollins with 11 matches of the week, 8.5 on the weighted scale. Uh, Kevin Owens, 8 with 7 on the weighted scale. And Roman Reigns with 8 with 5.5 on the weighted scale. Once again, the weighted scale is when you win match of the week. But it wasn't a one-on-one singles match. Right, correct. You gave him a half point instead of giving him a full point. Or if you had a tie for a week that you right. won. All right. Uh, yes, quickly, Rusev, God bless. It's amazing. I'm all in. What, what the hell else is there to say? And, and per- perfect spot for him there, too. Now, you, you can have the, the singles match and, and move on. It's only a little bit awkward if they continue to try to position him as a heel between now and then because it's it's the most dumbfounding thing ever that they continue oh, they to will. think that he's they, they a heel. But they will, yeah. though. I mean, that that segment, the little interaction with AJ, was a very face reaction. And, and that's so right to me. I think there's a way to do it where you just say, "Hey, these are both faces. They're just going to wrestle each other. It will be interesting to see how they handle that." It's dumb to think that Rusev's uh, heel, but God bless, it's gr- it's great. Um, and then obviously the big cast thing. It, it's so so far the only thing that's come out is the stuff that that we had heard before that they had issue with how he handled a segment a couple weeks ago there there was there's a, a little bit more than that that one's the big thing there's also apparently on the european tour he was getting drunk and basically like acting like an ass at times okay. so that's come out as well but the timing's real weird well i mean unless they just said we want to get through this daniel bryan thing and then we're done you know what i mean like let's just get through it and then be done with it we don't to me and i said this a year ago there was Big Cass was a turd. It, it was he was in, and as we found out very quickly, and we had this debate, and this is another one that Aaron will never like to go back and admit that he was wrong about. Oh, I the, admitted I was wrong about Enzo the day that he won the title. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah, you you struggled with that one, bro. Um, they had way more for Enzo, and Enzo was in a way better position then, obviously, than Big Cass ever was. Big Cass was a turd. There was nothing there. The fact that they even gave him the Daniel Bryan rub is kind of amazing. Um, and it might speak more to what they, where they thought Daniel Bryan was and what they needed to do with them and all those things than if that had anything to do with Big Cass. But there was nothing there. I mean, there was just he wasn't interesting. He was just big. That's all they ever had for Big Cass as a singles wrestler. It, th- the sad part is it goes back into my column, and we talked about this with Simon Gotch a couple weeks ago. Every fucking great NXT tag team has failed. 
every amazing NXT tag team has accomplished nothing <laughs> the main roster. And I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's staggering to me the numbers that we're at at this point. But every tag team that was awesome and you loved in NXT has been a turd in the WWE. And I don't know how it – And I mean, you heard what Simon Gotch had to say a couple weeks ago. It's it's very interesting thought process, and it's hard to not give it more credence the more and more that we get to this point. But now they're both gone. Who would have thought all along that it was going to be Carmella that would be the star of Enzo and Cass? Car- um, Carmella is the Sean, and both Enzo and Cass are the Genetis. Yeah, Correct. Correct. That's exactly right. Um, all right, uh, when we come back in, still a lot to get to from NXT this weekend, and we do need to spend some time talking about Vader as well. So we'll do those things in segment number two. I'm Glenn, he's Aaron, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Out. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. All right, back in here for segment number two of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and of course... The main event. AJ Francis of the New York Football Giants. All right, boys, before we talk about the NXT side of what happened this weekend, uh, let's spend a couple of minutes. Uh, Sadly, I mean, this sucks. Vader's awesome, and we knew this was coming and you know i i can't help i look there's so much more to the vader story i can't help but be a little bit pissed off that the wwe knew this was mm-hmm. going on and didn't put him in the hall of fame this year um yeah. like i 100% i can't help but that sort of be my i'm not that's i'm sure i'm not the i'm sure that there's a million people that have offered that take right like it's not original but i couldn't help and i and i wish that wasn't the first thought that i had but um, like literally the first thought that came to mind to me when I saw this was, my God, they knew. They knew the man was in bad health. They knew that this was something that, you know, he had talked about openly uh, over the course of the last couple of years. And I know that there have been sort of, you know, peaks and valleys and moments where he had said that things were improving. But this was something they knew was going on. And yet it didn't happen to get him into the Hall of Fame this year. And, like, I just can't help but say, fuck, man, that really really sucks and it pales in comparison to, to a man losing his life but i, I don't know it, it just i couldn't help but think about that once i found that out all i could think about was how all the people that was hating on vader a year ago because he said flippy shit was now gonna be rp and them all crazy all wild of course of course aj went back to wrestling fans suck <laughs> I was gonna say it's possible to really respect the guy, love him as a performer, and say he was ridiculous for what he said. I mean, you just did, so congrats. Yeah. <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I don't want to, I don't want to minimize Vader in any of these ways. Um, but but the- it's crazy. He's like a, he was like the first like, like, big man that could like, like Yokozuna was a big man, but. 
Vader was the first big man that I like saw that could like move himself, like, but not not in the level. I guess you could say the giant. He was enormous and he could move too. But like I'm talking about like a stocky, swole big brother that could fly. He is the greatest big man of all time. You think I, so? I think I, I do. I put him number one. It's, okay, for what, me, you, it's what one are you is defining? Vader, hang two on, is Bam Bam. What are you defining and as then, a big man though? Like that, that I mean, you gotta be more more yeah, you know, defined. Because uh, to me, the number one big man gotta be Taker. Gotta be. Yeah, you, you gotta be more I, Okay, I, I, I mean, understand Taker what you're was, saying. Taker was never billed as like the super heavyweight that Vader was. But Vader was, was the four hundred he was, but he wasn't, <laughs> you know, he wasn't the four hundred pound guy doing moonsaults, you know? Yeah. He was he was he's a big guy, but he's not the the giant giant, you know, he's not three fifty plus. You know who you know what's crazy? I know we're talking about Vader. Um, but like and now that you got me thinking, like if you're saying just like big swole up like three three you're saying three fifty plus? Yeah. Alright, because if you were saying like three hundred plus, I was gonna say you know who might end up being because he's already on his way there to being the my the greatest big man of all time in my mind. Is big Big E. I mean, there's a lot to like. There's an awful <laughs> lot to like. Um I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting I, I I think I understand what you're attempting to say, Aaron. I think you have to come up with a more, you know, defined way of saying it, but I get it. I get what you're you're saying in that, you know, in, in the oh my god, I can't believe someone that looks like this can do this type of way. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. and he could wrestle so many different styles. He wasn't just a brawler. He wasn't just a big man. He could wrestle those crazy athletic matches. He was he was good at and he could Elevate. He could wrestle with anybody. He had fantastic, you know, back-to-back pay-per-views in WCWs. He has an unreal match, or back-back-to-back, against Sting, Ric Flair, and then Cactus Jack. Yeah. Three completely different matches. All were outrageously good. And that doesn't even count the stuff he did in Japan, which is unbelievable. Uh, and what, you know what's crazy about, like, I fell in love with Vader more, um, like, once the network came out, and I started watching all these interviews and, like, like the history, the documentaries and whatnot, and finding out that like Vader, you really used to beat the shit out of people with the rake. Like Vader was the shameless of his time. Oh, no doubt, no mm-hmm. doubt. Uh, he was correct. <laughs> Stiff. I mean, yeah. He, he ripped Foley's ear off. Right, right, right. Yeah. It, you were getting an ass kicking when you walked in the ring yeah. with the uh, old Big Van Vader. Um, and yet he was a larger than life personality to to boot, um, which is what made him so great. Obviously, and not just selfishly because we're Boy Meets World obsessed, but like in pop culture, he became relevant to a, a yeah. large amount of people because of his role and the fact that it's one thing you have a one-time cameo and he played a significant role in pushing along storylines yeah. on Boy Meets World. Like it wasn't just that he was there to sort of, you know, shoehorn a professional wrestler onto the show. He was a significant part of some of the... How many times do I reference the goddamn Corey Matthews, Sepanga's 16th birthday, and yeah. Vader match thing when I talk about needing to be in two places at the same time? And I get it, that was a play on the Flintstones thing, and they, they openly referenced that in that episode. But, like, it, it was... That, it's, it's become that now. It's become over the Flintstones. For, right, for this generation, you reference that. Yes. Um, and, and to me, it was... He played a very significant role... Beyond just being a wrestler that they figured out a way to get on the show, he was very significant in pushing along other characters 
on that show, he was a really important part. And again, a, a minimal role, right? Like he wasn't on yeah. for 20 episodes. Yeah, but I think it was three episodes, yeah, I think three or four total. Yeah, Correct. But he played a really important role in those episodes of helping to push other characters along. He was a big part of the story of Boy Meets World. Yeah, I got it. I uh, when I did the Boy Meets World panel with him, I was talking to him uh, behind it, and I was wearing my Boy Meets Vader shirt. So, it, so they were talking about how when they did that, the Sweet Sixteen episode that was in front of that was at a wrestling show. That was in front of an audience. At, at the they spe- go out, the spectrum, right? The entire crowd boos them out of the building. Like this was, you know, Ring of Honor fans booing the wrestler, and you know, you've heard those stories right, before, right? Because Vader, Vader was a heel at the time in storyline. And plus, I don't think they liked the whole Boy Meets World thing. But they booed them out of the building, and apparently, like, uh, Corey and Sean just completely just basically shat themselves. They had no idea what to do because they had never been in front of a crowd like that before. Of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just so good. Just well, good yeah, sport. because yeah, uh, there's a lot of grown people who get paid to be there that aren't good <laughs> in that situation. Right, right. exactly. Um it, it the whole thing sucks. It sucks to lose Vader, and it sucks because he's like I get it. You know, it's not like he was forty, but my God, sixty-five is not that old. Um, yeah. And and I, and you know, I know that he continued wrestling beyond um, you know the, the age. And obviously, look, hell, we we joke about the uh, the Osprey Ricochet thing, but Jesus Christ, he ended up working with with Osprey after that, yeah. um, which is bonkers. But. I, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say about Vader. I can't give it any more context than what we've already done. The, the only thing I, I I just wish WWF had used him better when they had the chance. They had a chance with, for something really special there, and and for various reasons, it just wasn't booked yeah. very well. Which is a bummer because thinking of him going like going into the start of the Attitude Era as just this super ruthless heel would have been awesome. Yes, yes, it would have been incredible. No doubt about that. All right, uh, let's transition into the weekend that was for NXT. First of all, I need somebody to explain to me what's going on. Is the UK, the UK thing's already happened? So yeah, yeah the the taped. UK tournament is yeah going next week and is taping yesterday and today. Why in the world? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what? How does this make any sense at all? If you were gonna tape it, wouldn't you want to air it at night? Yeah, people that's the weird thing about it. I thought that's the what they were is, doing. The thing is that they're doing it for the UK, though. But don't don't you have the ability through the network to, to have it air at night if it's taped? It can air at night in the UK and at night in the United States? Uh, Yeah, you could do that, for yeah. sure. So why, if it's taped, are you airing it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in the United States? Uh, to, see if, to see if this will drive content. I guess, but wouldn't you want to do that live? Like, I. It, the only reason to they're trying. I, I mean, to, to me, it to me, it's they're they're trying to something out right now. I, I mean, I I don't know. It's just very weird to me, dude. Like, it's very because because the thing is that this isn't going to stop being a thing with all these global events that they're about to be putting on. Right. This is going to be how they sell shit that's non, you know. But I, I think you can succeed if the caveat is it's live, right? Like, I think we all know I'll watch the greatest Royal Rumble, even if it ends up being more of a glorified house show than the, the biggest show of all time. I'll watch that if you sell me on there's a big event happening live somewhere right now in professional wrestling. I, I think it's going to be easier for people to say, I don't need to watch this at 3 in the afternoon. I can watch it when I get home tonight. I can I can watch this when I want to watch it. I don't... I. I this to me smells like it's you're not gonna get a huge audience at three well, o'clock. Especially if you're after. spoiling results. Right. Like every I mean, well, I mean, if they didn't do it, somebody else is gonna do it. So I'm not really mad at them for spoiling 
you know, somebody was going to tell everybody what happened, that there were new, if you don't know, there are new NXT tag team champions. Um, that was going to come out. Yeah, but here's the thing. What time is the, what time is it in the UK when it's... it's... Five, five hour difference, so it'd be eight o'clock. So, do you ever think that this is like them trying to get the UK TV show? Right, well, no, I... I get it, but if that's going to be taped, you don't have you don't have to air it at three. But my thing is, sometimes when they do the UK TV show, it would be live. Okay, if that's what they're doing, and I'd be see that would catch me off guard. I did not get the sense that was going to be a live. I thought that was going to be like NXT is. I mean, um, it could be, but NXT has live shows too. Well, right, they've got the yeah when they do when they do a takeover, it's correct. Yeah, it's live. Um. And that's fine, but that would be like a Saturday afternoon. I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it's very weird. I'm spending too much time thinking about this. But it's just, it, it was very goofy. I just thought this thing, the whole thing was going to be live, and I was actually excited for it next Monday and Tuesday. They're being live wrestling on Monday and Tuesday afternoon, um, although it's an awful lot to watch when you also have Raw and SmackDown. Um, and then I was like, wait, this is already happening? Like, this is already over? What the fuck? What is going on here? So I was very caught off guard by that. That being said, as far as NXT is concerned, um, chalk but that we kind of knew that, right? Like we kind of knew what was going to happen this weekend. These were kind of purposeful push, you know, push, push this down the road a little bit, uh, get Lars into the picture. Nobody actually thought Lars was winning the title. Nobody actually thought the undisputed era was dropping. That was an amazing match, by the way. That was, Oh yeah. Goddamn unbelievable match. That was Birch and Lorcan star making uh, a yeah. moment right there. Um, Ricochet and dream was everything we thought it would be. And if not somehow more, I mean, my God, it was, sensational like it was just perfection but the, the the prince puma types oh my god yeah they were wonderful they were wonderful i mean the whole entrance was wonderful like but the match itself like i don't know how i really don't know how they could have even lived up the hype was so insane for what we were going to get from a ricochet velveteen dream match that i was almost like preparing myself for all right dude you're gonna be disappointed you know what i mean like you're gonna you're gonna be because you have to be right like there's no way that this can be as good as what you think a ricochet velveteen dream match would be and yet it was, if not better. Um, I do think at some point they need a a win for Dream in a big match coming up pretty soon. Like I do think you're starting to teeter into the territory of it's great that he's awesome and that he always puts on you know amazing matches, but at some point he's got to win something, right? The Dream's in a title next. Like I mean. Oh, AJ, you're cutting out, dude. Let me see if we can't get AJ back. We lost him there for a second. Uh, Aaron, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think you're right. He's just in such a unique position that he's so over. And and part of his story is the, the way that they're positioning it, where he's just, you know, basically trying to earn the respect of all of these indie darlings, even though he's also saying terrible things. Like, at his core, this is about him trying to earn the respect. While it would be nice to get him a big win every now and then, he doesn't necessarily need it. Like they're they're treating him. Perfectly. He's going to. Be, they're treating like him was, absolutely perfectly. Like I was saying before, my connection got weird. Um, he's going to be the next NXT champion. You really? You think? I, I don't think that. Yeah, I, boy. He's going to be the next NXT champion. The this only, was an opportunity right. for him to get Rick, Ricochet over. Uh, they just got finished a feud with. Um, Aleister Black there is nothing that's going to stop Aleister Black from holding that belt until WrestleMania and I think that 
Velveteen Dream is the person that takes it off of him as a rematch of the best match of this year. I hear you, but if I... you're if you're saying that he holds it till Mania, then yeah, it's possible. I think he might drop it either at SummerSlam or Survivor Series, and if so, I don't see Velveteen Dream being that guy. I see him. I absolutely seeing him win in uh, 2019. Okay, though. I would say that I think there's a couple guys in front in front of him in the line that could both be well served by being champion. I think Adam Cole. You can make the argument. But that he the doesn't... thing is. Adam Cole's not going to lose that North American title anytime soon. Well, I, I think the better argument is Adam Cole does so he can go up, right? Like, I mean, if, if you want to argue that, if Adam Cole's going to be there for a long time, he should be the NXT champion at some point because he's effing Adam Cole, baby. Um, and then the other one would be EC3. That would be well served by, you know, again, you can make the argument for both of them that they don't need it, but if you're envisioning both of them up at some point in the next year, I would think that both of them would be well served to hold the belt before they go up. Um, so I would have the two of them in line ahead of um, Velveteen Dream, but I would I would probably tend to agree with Aaron. I, I don't doubt that Velveteen Dream is going to become NXT champion at some point in the next 16 months. Um, I just think there's other guys before then that would be well served to hold the belt uh, before it would be El Velveteen Dream's. But I think you guys are overlooking everything that Velveteen has done in the past year. I'm, I'm not. I think no one's I, overlooking no. that. No, no, but my point being, either he's going to be NXT champion or he's going to be up. Uh, you think that he's skyrocketing is what you're saying. John Cena literally I went you. on yeah. an interview and sang his praises for all to hear. Um, I, th- I think they're going to take their time with him. I think because of his age... And a lot of, you know, it was relative inexperience. And the fact that I think they do want to get him right. Like, they're not going to call him up to do nothing for three months. Like, we're seeing with some of these NXT call-ups. I think they want to get it right. So, I think they're going to wait for the perfect time. And I think he could stay down there through 2020. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's a long time. I don't know about that. But, yeah, I mean, I I could certainly see. And this is, it's it's interesting to me. Look at, like, when Jim Ross tweets about Velveteen Dream. He says, you know, he's this good now. Think about how good he's going to be when he gets a little more seasoning. It's interesting to me that people that are kind of like tertiary around the WWE are saying things like that, which which to me would kind of build up what Aaron's talking about is that they're going to spend a little bit more time investing him, perhaps in the thought that when he come does come up, he's not Bobby Roode when he comes up. When he does come up, he's immediately a star of stars. Um, on on WWE programming, that that that's an interesting thing that I've sort of noticed in watching. I feel like you just shat on Bobby Roode. Well, I mean, I'm shading on what they're doing with Bobby Roode after they called him up. Uh, that's not. I mean, he's U.S. champ. Yeah, he had I mean, a he's good been title run. That was he's that was what like matches. How he how was, long did it take for him to become like to get a relevant match? Like he was floundering there for a couple months, then he became U.S. champ. But wait, did he come up after Mania or SummerSlam? I'm I'm blanking right now. Uh, Bobby Bobby Roode came up after SummerSlam, yeah. I believe. Okay, yeah. and and those like three months, the the fall, he wasn't really doing much. Right. That's my my point. I'm not. This is not me shitting on Bobby Roode. I think Bobby Roode's great. It's that he came up and was just a song for a while. Um, they didn't really have anything for him, and it was tough, right? Like you you did it right on the heels of when you had called up Shinsuke Nakamura and other guys that you're trying to find things for. But I'm saying that part of the plan might be. There's not going to be a, a waiting period when we call when we eventually get to calling up Velveteen Dream. We're gonna call him up to be star, to be superstar, to be immediately it, in the picture. 
it's going to be the Kevin Owens push. It's going to be right. you're going to get in there, and whoever the top guy is, yeah, that's yeah, who you're. You're facing. going after that guy immediately when you come up. Um, that that to me is, and I'm look, I'm re- I don't know anything. I'm just reading tea leaves of how other people are talking about, uh, you know, Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream. That that's that's the sense that I get is leave him down there for a little bit, so that the moment he comes up, he is immediately relevant. He is immediately the guy when he shows up. That's the sense that I get on him. I, I, I think they believe in him. I think they believe in him a great deal. Um, but I think they believe him in a way, as Aaron alludes to with his age, that they they have time to get it right with uh, Patrick Clark or to get it right with Velveteen Dream, whatever he ends up being when he gets to the, the, the top level. Um, and that they think that this guy could be a true superstar um, when he gets there. Anything else NXT-wise that we have to talk about? I mean, it was again, it was, it was a chalky type of event. I mean, Gargano Ciampa... I didn't. I didn't envision that necessarily as the way they went about doing it, but that was what we all thought was going to happen. Was that you had to have Ciampa get a win, and now it's just a question of what could they possibly do for SummerSlam that's bigger than what they've done already. Uh, do you think that they're going to fighting in a SummerSlam? I mean, how do they not? They got to. Like, how could you possibly leave it there? Uh, I mean, maybe they have a bigger plan for one of them. Going forward, I mean, you couldn't. Th- have, then you have a decisive winner. Yeah, you couldn't have done that if that was the case. Why not? Th- to have it end with a, you know, this guy nearly died, but yet in a fluky way ends up winning a match. For that to be the blow off to this feud. Well, I mean, did you did you think that the first match was not the blow off? Uh, I thought that the first match would have been a far better blow-off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that could have been the blow-off, but it wasn't the only reason to... And if they were going to do... Again, like, let's say you, you think you, uh, Ciampa's going to be uh, Aleister Black's uh, contender, the, the number one contender there. Then you have Ciampa win, and you have Ciampa win decisively. Right. You don't have the, the fluky thing. Because now you have... You have I mean, the storyline is, now Gargano is not going to let up. He wants to get that final win over him. He wants to prove he's better. Ciampa might want to go, but Gargano has no reason right now to walk away from Ciampa. Correct. Correct. I mean, I, I you have to do it one more time. You have to do it. And by the way, I have no problem with you doing it one more time. I'm not complaining about it because it's not like you've made the oh, last... So what's the, so what's the, what's the, what's the match? Right. Then? How do you make like, it... What? I, I, that part I don't I don't know. I, I, I think it has to be maybe Hell in a Cell since they've never done it in NXT would be big enough. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't want to do I Quit. I think that's the other pot, you know, would make sense in the storyline would be an I Quit match. Um, I just, I, I don't know if that's better than what they've done. And I do wonder if you know, this has gone. You know because of, you know we're going to get a strap match, right? <laughs> I mean, that would make a lot of sense. I, I There was a belt. I, there was a belt. I think you could do, um, you know, if you wanted to do a sixty-minute Iron Man match. Have they done? Yeah, a, you could do that too. Have they done a sixty-minute Iron Man match in NXT? They've done thirty minutes. They've done thirty. I uh, well, they did. Did they do it like on an episode, like a number one contender? What was the the Zane? No, that was just two out of three falls. The the yeah, Zane Joe yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. There was one episode that was like. The match was like the whole show. Was yeah, like that, was, that was the Zane J- Joe two out of three falls that ended up going pretty much the whole match. Yeah. I don't think they've done a, a 60-minute Iron Man match. So I think-, I think the problem with Iron Man is like, why are they going for fall? Like, this has become so personal. Like, going for, fa- you know, multiple falls almost seems like 
a cop out for the blowout. You I, know? I understand what you're saying, but I think you could sell it as a 60 minute Iron Man match and then just have it be one fall. I mean, like, right? I mean, I think that's that you could you could make it work that way. I get what about you, like a three stages of hell match? They haven't d- yeah, dusted that. Brought, one I remember you brought that up time. before. I, you know, I I don't need to see it, but I'm not saying that it would be bad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. I'm not itching for a three stages of hell match, but if that's what they thought was the thing, then okay. I mean, go do it. I want it to be a Brooklyn brawl. I want them to have to. I want them to have to start and but, but finish the match they, they, outside. They actually in have the to streets. murder the Brooklyn Brawler, and that's the only way to win. I mean, that would be. Uh, or, or yeah, just lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. If it was to honor the Brooklyn Brawler, that's exactly what they would do. Um, yeah, I mean, like any of these things, I, they're all fine. It's just, it, boy, you got a lot to live up to. <laughs> boy, you got a lot. To yeah. live but we up we to. we said they're going into this match, and yeah, that's true. No doubt about that. All right, anything else we need to cover as far as NXT is concerned? Nope. All right. Very uh, good. Another excellent takeover. Yeah, I mean, and again, an excellent takeover despite the fact that it was chalky, right? Like, despite the fact that we thought we knew what was going to happen for the most part. <laughs> despite all that, it was still great, and that's that's the, the greatness of what they're doing. All right, we'll come back in. we got one more segment to go, some stuff that we haven't been able to get to yet that we need to get to. That's on the way. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis of the New York Giants. This is Jobbing Out. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's a very special double issue celebrating Ray Lewis's journey to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We spoke to the friends, family members, and former teammates and coaches who knew him best to tell the story of the path to his induction into Canton this summer. Press Box is available for free at over 500 locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, which includes all 52 interviews with those closest to Ray at PressBoxOnline.com. All right, so before we get into to segment three fully it's just a glenn and aaron right now aaron uh very cool this came in very last minute but i appreciate him making it happen because he's awesome and uh, like dude aaron you know how geeked up we are about uh, the fact that ring of honor is committed again to baltimore coming back to baltimore it's been too long we thought we were the home of ring of honor for a little while right like we thought that was the way it was it's been too long but not only are they coming back they're coming back in a big way this month you're not kidding no doubt best in the world on june 29th at the umbc event center it's going to be a huge huge night and part of that huge night is our next guest who is a part of what is currently the ring of honor six-man tag team champions the kingdom he is Vinny marseglia joins us now here on jobbing out Vinny, it's glenn and aaron it's so good to talk to you man thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us Thanks for having me. Dude, this is, first of all, Best in the World is just going to be an unbelievable, like, I keep looking at this card and this night and this really cool building that I know you guys haven't been to yet. I'm so freaking amped for this Friday, and it's not this coming Friday, but this big Friday night event next week in Baltimore. How geeked up are you guys for Best in the World? Uh, yeah, I'm pumped, man. Like, Best in the World, uh, like you said, the the entire show uh, you know, it, it looks it looks like it's going to be pretty bonkers, you know. And, uh, you know, Baltimore in general is pretty special to me before I actually uh, became full-time to the Ring of Honor roster. Um, I, I had a lot of my matches in Baltimore uh, when Ring of Honor was running Baltimore um, before I, you know, was officially with Ring of Honor. Uh, so Baltimore is pretty special to me. And to go, you know, to a, a different place there, you know, it's exciting, you know, it, and you know, we got a big matchup, you know, against LIJ, and, uh, you know, we plan on walking out of Baltimore and still the Ring of Honor six-man tag champs. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're excited, man. It's, it's going to be 
going to be an awesome show. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you guys are the six-man uh, six tag champs. You face a lot of great teams. This is yeah. a little bit different. You're, you're, they're bringing in Bushi Evil Sonata from Japan to face you guys. This is a huge thing. They're not around very often. How much bigger does this make this match for you? Uh, you know, it's 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 huge. And I, I said this before. You know, we uh, the kingdom we we want all the best competition that we could possibly get. And Lij is absolutely um, one of those. So we're we're looking forward to it. Um, Actually, I have a little bit of history with uh, my man Bushi there. Last year, uh, one, I believe it was the War of the Worlds tour in 2016, I actually had that missed on me for uh, for the entire tour. Um, I couldn't get it off. So I was green for, for pretty much the entire tour. So, uh, you know, Bushi's got it coming to him. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, man, we're, we're, we're pumped. You know, like I said, like any competition that's out there, the best competition, you know, that's what we want. That's what we want to be in the ring with. And, um, you know, so I look, we look forward to best in the world. All right, Vinny, is there a more frightening when – you're, when you're on, right, like when you're doing what you want to do, is there a more frightening person that anyone could possibly come across in professional wrestling? It, I, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I'm, I'm saying that when you're on, when you really are the horror king – is there a oh, more yeah. frightening person that you can come across in professional wrestling? Not at all. Once, <laughs> I'm, once, once I'm on my game, once I'm in my, my mode, you know, then I start grabbing axes, you know, blood-filled balloons, you name it. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people uh, ducking when I'm, in my, when I'm in my zone. You know, blood-filled uh, balloons, just, a, just your typical thing. Just, you know, just something that a lot of people yeah. go to, right? Well, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a casual thing for, for myself, you know. <laughs> When was the, hang on a second before I go to Aaron again? When was the first time you thought to yourself, "I got an idea," and it's a little bit different, but I'm going to see how this works out. How in the world did you think that blood-filled balloons was going to be a concept that would work? Um, I I just I, you know I, I've grown up a big horror movie fan. Um, I've loved horror since you know my mother got me into it at a very very young age. Um, so we we kind of share that bond is like you know just loving those you know older like kind of even cheesy horror movies you know like um so horror has always been a big part of me i just you know within the middle of the thing of 2016 is when i really started to start to bring um what i love inside professional wrestling in a different way and uh it was new york um the balloon started in new york which was uh, May- manhattan mayhem it was like us and uh, Shane Taylor versus the Bullet Club, um, and that match was wild. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it, or mm-hmm. uh, but definitely go back and check that one out. It was insane. But that day, um, I decided that I was going to come out from underneath the ring um, with red balloons, and that was going to be a part of the Horror King. So um, I did it, and ever since, uh, I kind of own underneath the ring now. You know what I mean? That's kind of my <laughs> layer. Where a lot of uh, a lot of crazy things can happen, you know. Just just recently, um, we were in uh, San Antonio. One of the boys got sucked under there, came out, and he was wearing yellow raincoat. And then he got <laughs> sucked underneath the arena. So, you know. But uh, yep, that that is that's the horror king. What what did the other guys say when you're like, yeah, I'm gonna be doing a little bit of this stuff? <laughs> what was the reaction uh, backstage to that? Uh, expected. 
<laughs> it's me, I guess, you know, expected, you know, uh, everybody knows that's like what I love, you know what I mean, they know that that's who I am, so it's kind of, uh, most people, it's different, you know, so I think uh, most people enjoy it, it's, it's something different, um, so, you know, it's cool. I'm afraid of the axe. Everybody's terrified of the axe. I mean, it's an axe, bro. Even when I just put it there, even when I put it, just put it next to me, they're terrified of it. So it does. Which is awesome. It does look awfully menacing. There's no doubt about that. He's Vinny Marsegli again. Ring of Honor, best in the world, coming to the UMBC Event Center on uh, June 29th, which again is just one week from now. It's going to be an awesome, awesome night. ROHWrestling.com in order to get your tickets. Vinny, take me through crafting. You know, obviously Ring of Honor has fully embraced the three the three man tag team thing with the three man tag team division. But crafting a three man tag team championship match, it's one thing. You know, you do it on TV one time. It's guys that get thrown in the whole thing. But the difficulties of crafting a three man championship match, um, as compared to anything else that you guys do, and all of the intricacies that go into that. It's, uh, yeah, man, it's 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 tough, and it, you know it was a lot harder at first. Um, it's, it's become a little bit easier um, for us, but yeah, it's 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 insane. You know, it, it takes it takes a lot. You know, you have a lot. It takes a lot of hard work. You have a lot of you know different guys kind of flying all over the place, kind of trying to keep each other together in the, at the same time. It's wild, man, and like you know, it, it works. It's a little bit. Uh, natural and easier for the kingdom and ourselves um, because uh, we have a very natural chemistry. We train together. I started with Matt, um, God, over 10 years ago now. We trained at the Spike Dudley Lock Academy in Fall River, Massachusetts. Um, and then TK came into the same school shortly after. Uh, so we all have that natural chemistry together as a team. Um, so, I mean, I guess I can explain why we're the first ever two-time Ring of Honor six-man tag team champs. Um, but, uh, yeah, six-man tag team matches, man, can, can be pretty complicated at times. Uh, it takes a lot, of, a lot of hard work to actually get it down and understand the art of it. Um, but they're awesome, man. They're, they're awesome. I've, you know, some of our, you know, our best matches have been this, for the six-man tag team champions. It's, it's pretty cool unique you know and, and you know i i dig that what do you think sparked the rise of, of these six-man tags for a while you know you pretty much could only find it consistently in mexico or, or lucha libre organizations now japan has a six-man tag ring of honor obviously has a six-man tag what created that spark do you think um i i i don't know i just i i i assume it's just kind of like a chain reaction you know and just it's it's something different for the audience to enjoy and people seem to really start to like latch onto it and grab onto it. It seems like it's really, you know, the, the fans are really enjoying these, these six man tag tournaments and all the different teams that can can form, uh, you know, a six man tag match. It's it's cool, man. It's, it's you know, it's very different. It's something new for the for the, for the audience to to enjoy. You know, and uh, the vibe I get is, you know, it seems to be that everybody's kind of enjoying it. The, the six-man tag division, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool. Vinny, it's I, cool to be the a part of it, you know. I agree with everything you just said. The other thing that jumps out at me is that for the guys in the back, like it's another awesome way to have more people involved with a card in a in a in a relevant type of way, right? Like instead right. of doing some sort of gimmick and here we're gonna throw ten people on the same match that don't make sense, like 
it's it's a guy it's a way that more guys are involved and doing something that's relevant and as you mentioned it's very cool for the wrestling fans at the same time right yeah absolutely 100 percent agree it's just you know all, you know that audience loves you know you know new things you know so it's kind of it's one of those things that they're like oh you know something that they kind of something new they can kind of latch on to and i totally agree with you it gives other guys you know opportunities bigger opportunities so it's awesome man no doubt no doubt about that hey Vinny, just uh, ring of honor obviously this year there's so much heat uh because of what's happening with all in um but but moving into you know just alone here you're coming back to baltimore but you're not going back to Dewburn's Arena or to Myers Pavilion. You're going to a real legit building when you come into Baltimore, and you know there have been some Plus Eagle Bank Bank Arena the next day. right, absolutely in DC, yeah. And then there's been some talk of late. I know it's not going to happen, but there have been talk about a show at Madison Square Garden. You guys just had the biggest show in Ring of Honor history down in New Orleans. Like, how much are you feeling what's going on right now, just in general, as far as Ring of Honor, which I think a lot of people had accepted had sort of become the number two company in the world as far as wrestling is concerned. But I think we're feeling like real growth and something that's really different even in the last year when it comes to Ring of Honor. Yeah, man, I think uh, I'm super excited because I'm, I'm a part of it, you know, and, it, and it's really exciting to hear all this news. Um, and to be in all these big arenas is just like, man, it's, it's just like it's a dream come true for me, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, the Burns Arena, actually, that you mentioned that, that always be special to me because that's where Rhino killed me within 30 <laughs> seconds. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome building to me. Um, but, yeah, man, it's exciting to just see Ring of Honor continue to grow and grow and everybody work hard to make that happen. So, And, it's, and like I said, it's awesome to be a part of that. I'm, I'm super excited, um, you know, because it, it, it's going nowhere but that direction. You know, right. it's just going it's going up you know what i mean so it's it's so cool to be a part of that and i assure you aaron and i are not shitting on uh duburn's arena we've oh, no. watched plenty of wrestling shows at duburn's arena but oh yeah no no that, the, that arena is cool man the the experience i'm telling you is going to be much more pleasant at the umbc <laughs> event center oh, yeah, yeah. for oh, everyone cool. involved it's just going to be a a a more pleasant experience for best in the world <laughs> course, next week of course. no doubt man no doubt um we we, yeah, we alluded to it, honor, and yeah. I don't know how much you can talk about it, but there there have been the Madison Square Garden rumors, and then the reports last night that say it's now off the table. Kind of, what's the locker room's reaction to? Were, how excited were you guys? And now, if it's not happening, how disappointed are you guys? I mean, I I I personally don't know much about it other than how it was announced through media, just like most people. Um, but you know, hearing the news, you know, it kind of just talking about it you know everybody's if that's if that's going to happen if that's something that's going to happen in the future um of course everybody's super excited for it you know what i mean um but personally i don't know too much about that yeah um but you know obviously with just hearing a little bit about it um you know that's super exciting that's that's awesome that would be you know huge for us yeah that wouldn't suck <laughs> no wouldn't right suck. It wouldn't suck, so. no doubt man Hey, Vinny, um, let's get some plugs in for you, dude. Where can people be following you uh, social media-wise, the T-shirts somewhere, anything like that? What can we plug for you, man? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at the Horror King VM, um, Instagram, the Horror King Official, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, the Horror King, 
and um, Facebook at the Horror King Official. Awesome, man. So those are all my, my plugs. And again, everybody make sure next Friday night you are at UMBC Event Center for Best in the World. It's going to be an amazing. It's going to be huge. Dude, it's going to be so great. It's so good to have you guys back in Baltimore. And again, ROHwrestling.com in order to get your tickets. Hey, Vinny, this was fun, dude. Really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this week, man. We'd love to do it again Absolutely, down the road. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. song is such a jam. Oh, it's great. I don't even want to talk over it. I just wanted to play, you know what I mean? Like, God, I'm actually kind of oh jealous. I hey, cannot wait to twerk. Yeah, AJ, you got this, dude. Now that I think about it, this is going to be a 10. Oh, my God. So if you missed it, AJ lost. Despite the fact that he claims he never loses, AJ lost our pick segment. And so he's got to twerk, and I gave him an out from the original song by coming up with another white money-related song. And so we're going with Eddie Money, Take Me Home Tonight. I want us all to sing along to this, but it's going to be so terrible because we're not together. No, we can't do it. It's just not going to work, but god damn it. Here. Take me home tonight. Back in here, segment segment number three of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and of course... The main event. A.J. Francis of the New York Giants. All right, three uh, three particular stories that we haven't had an opportunity to uh, get to just yet that we should spend some time with. Aaron, uh, we had talked previously about this possibility of Ring of Honor running Madison Square Garden. Well, the answer is not so much. Yeah, it, uh, it seemed like it was getting close, and if you believe what Ring of Honor says, WWE stepped in and managed to kill that deal. Obviously, that's only what Ring of Honor's side is. Uh, apparently, they're still trying to make something work. They're still, you know, looking at options. But as of now, no longer uh, Ring of Honor running MSG. All right. So a couple of things. There have been some other people that have come out and said, because this is Joe Coff that said this. We had Joe Coff, CEO of Ring of Honor, on the show not that long ago. Other people in the industry have said that's simply not true. Uh, that did not happen. That the you know the, these were dates that the that Madison Square Garden needed to hold because of uh, they don't have the NBA NHL schedules yet for the Knicks and the Rangers, so they couldn't give up uh, the dates to anybody at this point, and it has nothing to do with WWE. Now, who to believe? As a few people have pointed out, nothing that we know about Joe Coff suggests that he would simply make something up, but it also doesn't mean that he didn't get some information that maybe isn't. A wholly true I don't know it would be I'm trying to, I don't want to say it's a good thing for Ring of Honor if it is true like it's flattering for Ring of Honor if it's true it's flattering that the WWE um, thinks enough of them that um, that they would try to block a date but I, I don't know what to make of any of it to be honest with you could they even legally do that? Well, no. What, oh. they, would, what they would essentially do is say to the to people at Madison Square Garden, hey, you still want us to put on some big events here every now and then? Maybe maybe not so much. Maybe you don't yeah. Maybe you do not do Ring of Honor. I, I don't even know if that's legal, though. It's They're, not you know, technically. I, I I'm not a business major. There's, you know, 
whether or not you're allowed to directly get involved in a business deal, particularly if this is signed. Like Joe Koff was indicating that like these dates have been agreed to. There was, you know, pretty much a contract being written up and then WWE did yeah, that, it. There might be some legal issues. Right, in there. but that makes me think that that's not this is not as black and white as Joe Koff is putting it out to be. That, right. I, I don't believe right. that part of it. I think that there might be it's totally possible that WWE mentioned the Madison Square Garden, hey, we don't really love the idea of you guys having a a Ring of Honor show during our weekend. Like, you, you know, we've always had a good relationship with you guys. We don't really love that. And Madison Square Garden was like, well, look, we don't even really know that we can do it yet because we're still waiting on the, the NBA and the NHL schedules at this point. And Ring of Honor said, hey, we kind of need an answer. And Madison Square Garden's like, well, we can't give you an answer right now. And Joe Coff heard that the WWE wasn't thrilled. And all of a sudden, these things that are all very gray are presented as being black and white. I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't believe for a second that Ring of Honor had a contract in place with Madison Square Garden, and the WWE said to Madison Square Garden, either you break that contract or we're never going to do business with you again. Because you're right, Aaron. That, that, that steps over. That's easily contested in court. That's easily. And if Joe Coff knows something already, then that's, that's almost an open and shut type of thing. So I don't believe that. But I do believe there's enough gray area that you know, part of all of this could be true, right? It could very well be true that, that WWE is not thrilled with Madison Square Garden talking to Ring of Honor. Madison Square Garden said, whoa, 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 we were just talking, man. Like, you know, this is like a dude when he gets caught cheating. Yeah, I was just talking. She's just a friend, you know what I mean? Like, this is not, we weren't, we weren't really sure. We don't even know that they can sell that many tickets, so we weren't really committed to doing anything like this. I'm, I'm sure there are small parts of all of this that's true, but I'm not sure that I'm willing to believe that it's this black and white. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's probably not that black and white. It will be interesting to see go going forward if Ring of Honor continues to try to get dates with MSG, and and quite frankly, I hope they succeed because the more wrestling shows at Madison Square Garden, the better. Well, yeah, the more wrestling shows in general. All right, uh, AJ, I know you got to run. Let me get uh, your plugs in right now. Uh, it is at AJ Francis four one zero on Twitter, at AJ Francis four one zero on Instagram. Um, all my stuff is in my bio link. My music. Uh, my mixtape 69 actually did like a million listens wow. like uh, in like the first week, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, it, it's crazy to have that much of a fan base. Um, so now I got to start looking towards um, an actual tour this offseason. Like I did a tour last time, but it was me on someone else's tour. Right, right. I was one of the headliners Right. Um, for like a like a like a a management groups tour um i'm thinking about this time i gotta have to go out on my own yeah dude no doubt no yeah. doubt man uh we yeah. gotta figure out a way to get you to Ramshead. we gotta make that happen i'll talk to brandon about that for sure um awesome man awesome appreciate it we will uh we will talk to you next week sir all right cool all right so aj's got a duck out hey real quick just uh so we pull back the curtain a little bit you might say to yourself hey that's weird they started talking about ring of honor right after they talked about it with Mar okay, yeah, all right, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, Vinny Marseglia did come on with us, and that this is the magic of how we put together a show. Uh, sometimes in the middle of recording, we're told, hey, we need to do this right now. And that's just what happened this week. We were told we need to do it right now, and because we love Ring of Honor, and because genuinely we're very excited. This is a local thing. We're very excited about the fact that Ring of Honor is sort of recommitting. Aaron, as you point out, it's not just Baltimore, but obviously committed to the D.C. area too with the show they're doing in Fairfax. Mm -hmm. um, we want to support those guys, and so um, we were happy to do that. And Vinny's awesome. I mean, his character's a 10. 
So uh, we were happy to do that. But, yeah, we were in the middle of recording when we got the phone call that we needed to do it. And it just so happened to also be at the same time that AJ needed to duck out anyway. Um, so it all worked out that we ended up making yep. that happen. And so that's the reason why it ended up playing out that way. Just figured we'd let you know. But let's yeah. continue to wind things down for the week. Be- before we move from Ring of Honor, though, did, did you see the other big news about uh, next Friday's show? Uh, remind Austin me. Aries was just announced for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That came out today. The belt collector, Austin Aries. Yes. Yeah, that's... Um, that's very interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, just the, the whole card is ridiculous. Like, you sometimes know, we get to these Ring of Honor shows and we're like, well, of course it's going to be good. It's Ring of Honor. But, like, you look at this and this is oh, it's stacking yeah, up yeah. to be one of the best Ring of Honor shows yeah, in loaded. quite a while. You know, I do have a lot of questions about what Impact is doing because, like, you know, for example, uh, I do have a promise. Uh, when Rich Swan makes his Impact TV debut, we will get him uh, again. Um, so Rich Swan, who, who like sort of, there was an announcement made earlier this month that he kind of signed with impact. Right. Right. But, but like he just did some shows and he's still with MLW. Right. So I, I guess at this point impact is sort of saying, do whatever you want. (laughs) Like we'll take you. I I think you have to, for a lot of these guys at this point, because there's so many options out there. Why are they signing with impact if they can't sign anywhere else? The question actually now becomes for ring of honor. Does ring of honor at some point say, okay, we'll let you do a lot of things, but we'd rather you not do another TV show. Like, is there a point at which if you're ring of honor, you say, Hey, you want to go, you know, do all in, you want to go do some of these other events. That's all well and good. But, as far as does there need to be TV exclusivity for Ring of Honor at some point? I think for I mean for a lot of there, these guys there are. It just depends how we're we're looking at all scenarios. If this is he's only going to show up for a few shows, then no, no reason to do that. And might you might as well if you're Ring of Honor say okay yeah sure you can come in here and have a few right. exhibition matches. No reason you know they did that with uh, Joe at one point towards the end of his uh, TNA run. Um, so there's no reason not to. But uh, it is interesting to see, you know, they're bringing the Hurricane and Madison Rain for uh, the TV tapings next Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see all of these kind of guest stars that are starting to come into it's Ring of Honor. It is interesting, no doubt about that. All right, well, um, anyway, let's uh, let's continue on. Uh, we talked about the Ring of Honor Madison Square Garden thing. Uh, I've already forgotten what was number two on your list. Oh, the number two thing was uh, the interesting thing last week uh, at E3. You had the New Day and the Elite on stage together playing street. Really, it was just uh, Kenny oh, and right. Xavier yeah. playing street fire each other. But you had the box as well as Biggie and Kofi on stage. And then the whole thing, you know, it was, it was fun. It was whatever. They were cutting promos back and forth on each other. At one point, Biggie, uh, the New Day huddled and uh, Kenny said, what are you waiting for your writers to write a joke for you? Pretty good line right there. That's pretty good. That is pretty but, good. But um, the, the, the interesting thing about it was that WWE really went all in in hyping it. And they, you know, they wrote a whole article about it. They talked about how, you know, the Bucks were IWGP uh, heavyweight tag champs. Talked about how Kenny Omega was IWGP champion. Listed, like, all of his nicknames. He had a little wink, wink, nod, nod references to it. Plus, in their uh, kind of hidden gems thing that they release on the network, they included a Kenny Omega match. So it's just interesting to see the way that uh, WWE is kind of going in on that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's certainly different than once upon a time when they would have pretended like all of these people didn't exist. Right. I mean, the last time they did this, I think they called uh, Kenny Omega uh, indie superstar Kenny Omega. Like, that was right. it. Right, correct. 
correct. It's interesting. Very, I mean, it's, I, I don't know what to say. Um, I mean, it's probably just... Okay, so, they, you know, so look... They this, know Kenny Omega's a thing. People right, are searching for Kenny I, Omega I stuff. So we're going to take advantage of that. But somebody else is going to say, well, I think this is WWE's way of, of saying they're interested in Kenny Omega. I don't know. I don't. I'm sure, by the way, I'm sure they're interested in Kenny Omega to an well, extent. Well, yeah, to an extent, sure. I don't disagree with that. Like, why wouldn't you be? Um, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But no, it's it's definitely interesting. It's it's noteworthy. I I, I hear you. Uh, yeah. Finally, in and I and I want to bring this up. Last week, um, AJ and I spoke briefly about uh, the fact that Dana White had loosely discussed the possibility again of a uh, Brock Lesnar John Jones super fight, and it it was surprising a little bit because of everything that's been going on but at the same time given everything else about the UFC given how you know why in the world would they the moment they have the opportunity to do it why wouldn't they do it right like if you're letting CM Punk fight my god of course you're gonna let Jon Jones fight Brock Lesnar in comparison that's that's totally legit um so there's more to this story so all right we now know that John Jones, or we know that John Jones is still in his suspension, that he's still a ways away from fighting. But the common belief is that Brock Lesnar is going to return to the UFC as soon as this last contract is up with the WWE. He'll get back into the testing pool when he wants to fight again. Dave Meltzer writes that Brock Lesnar has been asked to face the winner of the steep Amy Ochich Daniel Cormier fight for the heavyweight title. Oh. Which, as Meltzer writes, and this is a, a funny, he says, which from a sports standpoint is ridiculous given that Lesnar hasn't had a true UFC win since Shane Carwin in 2010. Right, because his one win got vacated. Correct. His win over Mark Hunt was vacated because he tested positive. Um, I. I I, I, I don't even have the words to say this. Uh, going on, this is again from Meltzer. The idea for that fight is that it would happen on December 30th in Las Vegas, which means Lesnar would need to get himself back in the testing pool by June 30th. If he does, it would not be a surprise for Lesnar to show up at the July 7th UFC show. I can tell you that while it is not decided on, it is something that is under discussion for him to show up and challenge the winner to at least tease that i mean he said it right there from a sports standpoint this is really stupid but you can't do much bigger if you're ufc no you can't particularly if it ends up being cormier right like if cormier somehow wins that fight that's a mammoth mammoth type of fight and one that cormier has nothing to lose right like he's not a heavyweight it'll be remarkable if he beats steve amiocic um and, and if he loses to Brock Lesnar, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't really do anything for his legacy or anything like that if he were to right. lose to Brock Lesnar because he's not really a heavyweight, right? Like, exactly. The bigger problem for Daniel Cormier is that he needs to beat John Jones at some point to sort of you know, cement his legacy as a fighter. But you and, can't be making any plans based on John Jones. Correct. So I get, oh, no, no. I get why he would say, hey, I'm going to do other things while I can't do that. And again, he has nothing to lose doing these other things. If, if he loses any of these fights, he loses to Miocic, he loses to Lesnar, all he says at the end is, dude, I wasn't really a heavyweight. I, you know, I was, I was dabbling, I was doing something different, but who cares that I lost that fight? If you're Miocic, you have a lot more to lose if somehow you were to lose to Brock Lesnar, right? Like, that would not be a good look, and it would sort of... And, and the bigger problem with the UFC is it takes away a lot of credibility. But at this point, I, I think the UFC is sort of screaming from the mountaintops, we don't give a shit about credibility! 
Yes. We just that, got that's exactly what they're a saying. TV deal from ESPN. We good. Fuck credibility. So, yep. I, you know, I, I guess, I, you know, there's no doubt it would be a huge fight. Obviously, all of this is still You'll love to right see. Now. You'd love to see it, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it would be – and that's the problem. The problem is it's the type of thing – Steve Miocic versus whoever the number three heavyweight is in the world right now. Yeah, it doesn't move the needle for me. But if you told me that number three heavyweight, <laughs> I, I honest to God don't know. That's I I feel a bit terrible about this. I'm so it's it's that bad right now. Is is it Overeem? I think it's Overeem. Might be. That could be right. I I uh, actually, you know that I think about it because it's it's not Cormier who's number two. Who's even number two? Uh, Nagano. Uh, pff, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, it goes to show I know nothing. Um, I mean, I, I really... but that I mean that's the state of the heavyweight division right now. Um, right. Okay, so I have got all my math wrong. You're right about Nagano. Nagano, but they list him as number one because oh oh, oh I, champion, I I pulled right? up the ESPN yeah. instead of the yeah, yeah now I see Blades, Curtis Blades, Blades and Volkov and then Overeem. Overeem's number four. Um, and boy, the, the heavyweight the heavyweight division sucks. Andre Orlovsky is still the number one dude. They got problems in the UFC. They got real problems in the UFC. Um. Look, fine, whatever. Just do it. Who gives a shit at this point? Honestly, who gives a shit? Like at, at least and you know what? At least this time it's a legit fighter. Like Brock Lesnar for all of his flaws, he's he's a legit fighter. He has some credence to him, so fine. You want to do that? I got no problem. Yeah, as, as long we, as, as they say, deserve to be in the octagon. Right. More legitimate than CM Punk. No doubt about that. All right. Uh very good. So AJ already gave his plugs. Aaron, let's get yours in. Uh you're on Twitter. At the AOster. We're on Twitter. Uh, at Jobbing Out Show. The email? Jobbing Out Show at gmail.com. Baltimore Sun, Rolling Stone. I'll be talking to someone from Ring of Honor to hype up the uh, shows next week. And, you know, like like we said, we're going to it. So come out and find us. Like, we'll, yeah, we love to hang out. I'm going to figure the, out a way to make uh, it out next Friday night for sure. I'll figure out a way yeah. to get over there. I got I got other stuff going on for the weekend, but I'll get over there. It's UMBC, and I love UMBC. And so, I, I look, it's a no-brainer. I'll get over there. And, and, and this show is too good to pass up. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a loaded show. No question about that. And it shouldn't be uh, four hours, which was always my problem with going to Ring of Honor shows. There we go. Show um, on me three. Yeah, right? That's what I like. Uh, yep. All right. Uh, very good. So I'm on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. Of course, GlennClarkRadio.com is my website. Thanks again to Vinny Marseglia for joining us, for uh, the two of us, for – or I guess I did that the wrong way. For for Aaron and for the main event, vent, 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 AJ Francis of the New York Giants. I am Glenn Clark. This has been – Oh, by the way, I should plug that we got John Morrison next week, shouldn't I? I should have done that. Well, John, if that's an actual 100% yeah, thing, no, then no, yeah. No. He's, well, he's doing Defy, and so the folks from Defy uh, wanted him to come on, and he said he would do it. So, yes, we will have uh, the great John Morrison, or when he wrestles in Defy, Johnny Defiance. Johnny Defiance. Yes, Johnny Defiance joins us next week. All right, this has been Jobbing Out. Jobbing out.